you go ahead. Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this gathering tonight. But most of all, Lord, we want to thank you for your truth, Lord, for your wonderful word, Father, that brings peace and tranquility to all people. And Father, we thank you for that perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God, Lord, yes. that was that was shed, the blood that was shed with His, Lord, that yes. made us free from sin, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we can be free, and free indeed, the Word says, Lord. We believe your Word, Lord, and we thank you for Hallelujah. it. And we ask you to open our hearts and our, yes. our minds here tonight, Lord, to receive mm -hmm. as you would want us to receive. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be here in Pierre Fort tonight. What a blessing with yes, my good indeed. friends I've known for many, many, many years. That's and, right. Uh, I've kept our friendship and love for each of you dearly. It's a blessing to have you. And a blessing to meet my good friend over there. It's great yes. to have you tonight yeah, with us. More blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's good some good eating tonight. Sure. Yes, yes indeed. Thank you very much. Right. Good music. <laughs> You can always count on getting a good music when you come to Pierre Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're right. Praise the Lord. It. You know, uh, the church in the early days was not made up of one man that just stood in front of a bunch of people, and he did all the talking, and uh, almost like a dictatorship. But uh, the church was made up of people that came together and were able to discuss things and be able to learn the Word of God. Because the Bible says that uh, we're to study to show ourselves approved, the workmen that need not be ashamed. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, it says that all Scripture is God-breathed. It's, it's, it's anointed on it. The Word of God is anointed. And it's profitable for teaching, for correcting, and training in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly finished unto every good work. So we, we want to speak the Word of God in truth and let God's Word speak to us. This is the most important thing in our lives, is to be able to know that we have eternal life. Matter of fact, in the book of 1 John, it says in chapter 5, he writes there, in chapter 5, John, chapter 5 of 1 John, if you turn there. And he writes the whole book of 1 John, and he comes toward the end. And uh, he says this in verse 13. Chapter 1? Chapter 5 and verse 13. He says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So God wants you to know that you have eternal life. He doesn't want you to guess or not be certain in your heart. And he gives the requirements for eternal life. Um, so I, first of all, I want to open it up to uh, anyone that has something on their heart. Today. Maybe you've had a question. Maybe you've coming from where you were in your background that maybe there was some things that maybe we're saying and maybe a little different or, or what have you or, what the, or you want to know what the Word of God says and maybe you've been reading the Word and you see some things that you may want to discuss and I want it to be open forum where you can you can you know express what what is on your heart so I want to open that up first of all anybody got anything on their heart tonight anything I, I just believe that uh, I believe that, that the Saturday is a nice day to to worship the Lord and to have a, well, an yeah. open Bible study. Amen. 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 Uh, in the older days, it was the Sabbath was on the Amen. seventh day, okay. and this is the seventh day, you know. And I, I just have a, a a real good feeling about having church on Saturday, you know. Okay. And, and uh, it's just because of the scriptures, and 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 that's why 
But I understand also that uh, uh, scriptures talk about let no man judge you in, in meat or, or Sabbath or you know if they did. That's right. Right. Yeah, let's, let's look at that just a minute. Do you mind? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm glad you good. brought that up. Look at, first of all, Romans 14. 15? Romans 14. Romans 14, it talks about not receiving a brother with doubtful disputations, even though somebody might feel a little bit different than you on those things that are not essential for salvation, to not really, you know, attack them or try to judge them in those things. No. And, and this is what the scripture is talking about. Yeah. And it says here in, in chapter five, chapter 14, verse 5, it says, One man esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let every man be fully fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. He that regardeth not the day, to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord. He that giveth thanks, uh, giveth, giveth God thanks, and he that eateth not to the Lord giveth thanks. So he's saying here, he says that, you know, the Bible says in Colossians 2 that, he is, that the Lord is the Lord of Sabaoth, which means the Lord of rest. And it, it goes into different things talking about that, but it says that it, it says here not to judge another brother on such things. In verse ten, but why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Then it's like the song. He says that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess. So go with me to Colossians now, chapter two. Colossians chapter two. This is the scripture that you quoted, Tookie, and we're going to go down to verse of. Uh, 16. Verse 16. It says, let, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of a new moon or of the Sabbath day, which are things which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is Christ. Let no man beguile you of your voluntary, of your reward and the voluntary humility of worshiping with angels. So he says, touch not, taste not, handle not. Like these things, don't let anybody say, well, you, you need to be, be worshiping on this particular time. Because as Christians, the difference is in the Old Testament and New Testament is, in those days, they would go from Friday afternoon at 6 p.m. to Saturday afternoon at 6 p.m., and that was considered the Sabbath. Uh -huh. Because what, 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 what was going on then is the Lord didn't live inside of them. They didn't have the Lord of Sabaoth. Because they, they would have to go to a temple to worship. We are the temple of God now. Uh -huh. So Christ resides in us all the time. So the Sabbath for us is to be every day Jesus in the Lord. Because Jesus is in in the temple, mm -hmm. and you are the temple, and we are to worship and rest in the Lord every day. As a matter of fact, if you go to the book of, Colo to the book of Galatians, and go with me to chapter 4, I will show you something else that it says, that Paul says, because what was happening is the Galatian people were going back under the law. They were, and what I mean by law is they were going back under the Levitical law, yeah. doing things like circumcision, uh, observing day, special holy days, um, you know, all those things that you read in Leviticus that uh, talk about these these outward observances. And he he said, "I'm afraid of you that I've bestowed grace upon you in vain." He said, "Because you've left uh, uh, salvation through faith, through love that works uh, through faith that works through love, and you're going about to try to." Go back and almost eliminate Christ and go back to those old things of his, as if Christ is not living you anymore. And he actually says here in verse 10, 
We'll go back to the start of verse 9. He says, uh, But what now, chapter? after that you have known God, or rather, as, or known as of God, how turn you again to the weak and bearing elements whereto you desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and times and years. I'm afraid of you, lest I bestowed upon you labor in vain. It's telling him, he's like, you don't need to do that. Yeah. You know, if, if you choose to get together on a certain day, that's great. Uh-huh. You know, meet together as often as you come. That's why he says, not to forsake the assembling together as a matter of some of years. When it's the time that we meet, we want to be able to meet and have, have fellowship. And, and I'm thankful to the Lord that we're able to come together and, and have fellowship. But what he said as far as someone trying to put somebody in bondage and tell them, you got to do it on this time and right. this day and so forth. Then he says, no, we're not under that anymore because Christ is living inside of us. We are, you are the temple of God now. You don't go to a temple. The church right. is the body of Christ. So, and the te- you, you have the temple. And remember what Jesus said in John 14, 23, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments and I and my father will come and make our abode in you. So Christ is living in us. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he is the Lord of Sabbath. The rest, Sabbath means rest. And he says labor to enter into that rest in Hebrews chapter 4 that he talks about. And you, you're resting in the Lord. You're confident in the Lord. And you're speaking to the Lord always, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. You know, any other, anything else on that? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find a text in Isaiah. Uh, Zechariah. Let me see. No, it's in Isaiah. Right here it said... <clears throat> After he has the new heaven and new, new about earth. Isaiah 66? That's right. Yeah, I don't know exactly where you get. Yeah. It says, uh, After the new heaven and new earth, uh, which will make, which I will make, shall remain before me, said the Lord. And shall the descendants and your descendants remain, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come before and worship me, said the Lord. Yeah, they, they will come together at the end. Um, and as a matter of fact, it talks about in Zechariah too, that same thing. And in Daniel chapter yeah. 12, it talks about that they would, after the millennial kingdom, when it, or during or during the millennial kingdom, they'll come together and worship in Jerusalem all together. So it was just a, it was just a time that they will come together mm-hmm. and worship. But um, And it's going to specify the Sabbath, Sabbath too. Yeah. In, the in, Sabbath but, day. Yeah, on... on Pertaining to the Jews in that, yeah. in that history, I just have a good feeling of worshiping on. Yeah, that. and that's and that's fine. That's that's and fine. I don't think everybody else got to do it. I'm yeah, just for because my... yeah, because we don't we don't like he said. The most important thing to remember in Romans 14, one man esteems one day higher than another. Another man esteems every day alike. Don't judge either one. That's okay, that's right. you know and that's and that's the bottom line. Yeah. You know, so that's what the Lord talks. Any 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 anything else on that? Anybody? That's fine, man. Okay. Um, any other questions? I'm going to ask y'all something. You know, we were we were there and um, together a long time ago, and the Lord has has showed me some different things. I feel than what was shared before, and I want to share those things with you through the Word because I think it really helped me. I, I was confused years ago into thinking like we were taught, and you know this as well as I do that that it's not you that's doing anything, that God's doing everything. Mm-hmm. And that you you needed to believe that you were dead in Christ. You need to reckon yourself to be dead in Christ, and through your believing that, that things would automatically happen. And if you put forth any effort, then it would be you doing it, and you would mess it up. And 
And um, it, I'll, win that. I'll run that at ease with that. Okay. Because that is very confusing. Don and I have talked about it many times. Like, okay, I'm supposed to believe that I'm righteous, but, you know, and if righteousness ain't come, isn't coming forth, that means I'm not believing enough, and so forth. And, um, and, and so, and if you dare say, say anything, and I, I've talked to the group before, you know, and they, they kind of shun me now, but they, 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 they agree with, and I agree with them about some things, you know, they have some truth, but there were some other things that weren't uh, right. And what I found in the scriptures is that there is a part that you do. There's a part that you do. James talks about that. All over the scriptures talk about that. And uh, the Bible says to give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. Right. You're doing something. Paul said, I keep under my body. I bring it under subjection. Lest my enemies after I preach to others, I myself would be a cast. He said he's keeping his body. The Bible says work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and do. So actually in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, if you want to turn there, the Bible says that we're fellow, we're, we're fellow workers together with God. God does his part, but you have a part to do also. Absolutely. Okay? Like, for instance, the, the Bible says, draw near to me. You're the first one. And then he says, I'll, then I'll draw near to you. That's right. So you take it a step. We'll come and make our abode with you. And we'll come and make our abode with you. So I, I wanted to first of all clear that up because there is a, there, there is a responsibility to man to begin with. Absolutely. And, and, man, you, you got it quicker than I did, okay? You're, he's quicker than us, Don. Um, but in 2 Corinthians 6, a good good scripture to, to think of, to look at there, it says here, um, and what verse, uh, verse 1. And chapter 12? Chapter 6, 2 Corinthians 6. And verse 1. 1 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6, 1. We then as workers together with him. You see, we're workers with Christ. That's right. You see, it's not that Christ is doing everything. And so some people that sounds like, I don't know, you know, because then I can take glory in it. No, it's not that. Look at look at John chapter one. Show you a couple of scriptures. John chapter one and in verse nine talks about Jesus as being the light of the world. Everybody knows that, that he's the light of the world, right? right. The, he's not darkness, he's only a light. And he says, he was the true light, verse 9, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Every man has that light to begin with in him. Uh, that light, to be able to, that conscious of knowing good and evil, and that ability from God to do what God says. So he's got he's got that. Look at uh, Titus chapter two. Let me know if I go too fast for you. <clears throat> this is an important scripture, very good scripture, uh, as they all are. But um, I want to tell, talk to you about the grace of God in verse eleven. <clears throat> Paul writes to Titus and says. For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. All, of, all men have this. Why? Because that's why God told Cain, he says, sin is crouching at your door, but you must, you must rule over it. He didn't say, listen, the best you can do is sin. The best, you know, we've heard that before. Well, the best a man can do is sin. Oh, no, 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 no. He t God told 
uh, Cain, he didn't say, well, you're born with a sin nature, or well, the best you can do is fail, so you'll probably kill your brother anyway. But he said this, he said, you must rule over it. Sin crosses your door to kill your brother. Don't kill him. You must rule over it. There was no excuse. He had the ability to not kill his brother. If he didn't have the ability to do that, then you could blame God for him for his sin. But because of that, we are accountable for everything we do. The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 12 that we will be judged for every idle word that comes out of our mouth. For by your words you shall be justified, or by your words you will be condemned. But it says here in verse 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men. So you got the, the light that lighteth every man that comes into the world, and the grace of God that's given to every man that is born in this world. And see, we were given something. Grace came through Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, we, were we talked about something. this after the last time y'all came, which I believed I was born with sin, with the sin nature. Mm -hmm. So did I before. You're right. You know? Yeah. That that, was, that, that let was, me tell you something, we sister. We talked a lot about it, him and I. After it don't make no sense. The next day. Yeah. yeah. Hold that thought, because I want to say something about that after all. But I want to finish this. But okay, I, I'm but sorry. I want, but I want, no, 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 you're good, because that's, that's good. I want, to, I want to share something with you. Okay, so the grace of God to appear to all men. He's a light that lighteth every man that comes to the world. Listen to what the grace, what the grace of God does. Because a lot of people think, well, grace is unmerited favor. You know, grace is something that you just get. And 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 I've heard preachers tell say, and and when I left from said, well, if if you're saved by grace, it has nothing to do with what you do. Uh, then you're going to get in heaven with grace and not having anything to do with you. So you'll be sinning, and you can still get in heaven because you're saved by grace. Grace is a teacher. Come on, you got it. <laughs> That's what you got it, right. Verse 12, you're ahead of it. What does the grace do? It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. There's the grace of God. That's what the grace of God does. It's not a license, as Jude says, some preach it as a license to sin. Yeah. Well, I've got the grace of God so I can sin. Even the Bible says in Romans 6, 1, it says, show uh, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. You remember that. And so we, we know that the grace of God is what teaches you to obey. That's what, if you, if you have the grace of God in you, you're obeying. You're not disobeying. Right. But, so we, we're there right now. But, but you, you're so right at what you said of understanding that because um, the other day, I, I guess it was yesterday, the day before, I was praying. Um, and I was in Second Thessalonians. You can turn there. And I hate to switch, switch gears, but I want to do that because she brought it up. She started it. So uh, I will. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul writes a letter to First Thessalonians, in 1 Thessalonians to the Thessalonian church. He tells them, he says, I don't want you to sorrow over those that have died. He says, as some are. He says, but we know the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air and to meet them. And so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Then he comes back in 2 Thessalonians to really clarify what he said in 1 Thessalonians. In verse, in, verse, in verse 1 of chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians, he says this. He says, Now we beseech you, brother, by the, about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him. Okay, so you see what he's saying? He said, I'm talking about the coming of the Lord and about to understand what when it is, what it is, and what 
give you some kind of idea of what is going to take place. Because maybe those guys were thinking, well, it's going to happen right away. They might have quit their jobs. They might have quit doing things. And, and, and they Paul's warning him. He says, no, I want, I want you to understand this. He says, that you not be soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit or word, nor by letters from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. I don't want you to think that the day of Christ is right now. He says, but, he said, let no man deceive you. Here we go again. Don't let anybody trick you again, okay? By any means, for that day shall not come. It shall not come except there come a falling away first. Okay. Let's stop there a minute, park there a minute. First of all, um, I was amazed. Um, Jimmy Swaggart has his own Bible, okay? And I'm going to tell you this. In the Jimmy Swaggart Bible, he's taken out this scripture that says, that there shall come a falling away first, and he put there, he put there a catching away first. Oh. <laughs> the only Bible that does it that I'm aware of, I looked at it, and he changed the scripture and put it in red like it was Jesus talking, and put that there's first going to come a catching away. That's not what the scripture says. It says a falling away. A falling away of the church is what comes first. So that's what Paul is saying. I believe that the falling away has already taken place. Big time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great falling yeah. away. When did the falling away take place? I believe that the falling away, now I believe, is with all my heart, that it happened around 300 AD. Yeah. When Augustine, with, with the Catholic Church, when Augustine came in and he created the doctrine of original sin, he's the one that created it. And he said that through Adam, that everybody that was born after Adam was, was Adam's seed came into man which put a sinful nature in that man. And him receiving that sinful nature made the man faulty or um, what's a good word for it? Uh, uh, corrupt. Corrupt or uh, what's the word I always use? I can't, I can't think of it. Right unregenerated? Uh, yeah, unregenerated but it's another word. But but anyway, it made him where he could not live without without sin. Uh, made him weak in that. And so when Constantine introduced it, and we talked about some of that, and then he uh, then that doctrine spread. I mean, afterward he debated with Pelagius and other teachers. Before that, if you go back to like Clement was a disciple of Paul, and some of the early writers. You can go back and go to their writings, and there was no such thing before 388. Nobody preached about, and nobody had that teaching. Everybody believed that when you were born, you had a free choice. See, if you're born with a sin nature, you don't have a free choice. Really? Because you're going to sin, yeah. and you can't help but sin, because you've got a sin nature, right? There's no free choice in that. But if that were true, and you were born with a sin nature, and you couldn't help but sin, then how could you stand before God and God condemn you to hell because you, he, he, he made you and created you with a sin nature? It wouldn't be fair, would it? Neither could you actually go before God if you did anything good because you, you were all predestined before God anyway. So you, you have that dilemma, you see, that, you, that, that brings you there. So after this, after Constantine... <clears throat> I mean, not Constantine, but I always say it. Constantine was the one that made all the different religions come together and worship together. But after this uh, came Martin Luther. You remember Martin Luther? He, he was the one that came out of the Catholic Church and started the Protestant Church. But he left a lot of the doctrines of the Catholic Church, but he didn't leave that doctrine. 
he brought that doctrine into the Protestant church also. Therefore, everybody now believes that I know of, that I could find of all the religious churches, believe that you're born with a sin nature. Even Richard and them believe that you're born with a sin nature. And the difference in them is Richard and them put out, understand they believe is once you come to Christ, that then you lose the sin nature. The old man is what they call it. That you lose the old man. But that you still, you know, but, but that you did have it. But you never had it. There was never, there's only one version that actually says sin nature. You know which one? <laughs> oh, uh, Romans. No, 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 not that. Huh? The NIV. That's oh, the only, that's the only, man. that's the only <laughs> translation that uses the word sin nature. The NLT. Yeah. NIV. Both. Huh? Both. Okay. Um, and they use it in, in Romans 7, like you said, but if you look up the Greek word, the word is flesh. It's just flesh. And if you look up the word flesh is, it means the skin that covers the bone. It's just nothing to do with any kind of sin. But that's been all confusing. So they say, say you see, they, 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 you know, you have this flesh. And as long as you, and you hear people say, well, as long as you're in this flesh, you know, you're only human, you're going to sin. That's right, huh? Life from the pit of hell. Yeah, because the Bible says that Jesus was born of flesh. What that's, you gonna do with that? That's what uh, that's what I was talking about. That's what we talked about. Then you you said Jesus. Then Jesus would have to have been born with sin with the sin nature, and he wasn't. Look look at uh, hold your place flesh. here. Hold your place here and go to Hebrews chapter two. <laughs> Hebrews two. In verse 14. Everybody there? Yeah. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of what? The same. Same, same exact flesh and blood as you and I. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of the devil, death, that is the devil. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, praise God. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Some people say, well, he wasn't really part of man because Mary was born, had it, would birth him, and she was virgin. She was a virgin. She'd never been with a man. So therefore, Christ was not born of the seed of man. Well, guess what? Mary was born of the seed of yeah. man, and Mary's egg would have would have done the same thing. So that, that that doesn't that doesn't fly. So and plus it says here he's born of the seed of Abraham. Abraham's a man, yeah. so he was born of the seed of a man. Wherefore in all things it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, like us, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of people. That makes a difference in my life. When I know that Jesus was the example, and he did this, he went through the same things as me. He went through the same temptations as I did to show me how to walk, and yet he did not sin. So he goes on. He says, verse eighteen: For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to help them that are tempted. So he suffered under temptation. Remember when Jesus was tempted by the devil? 
after he had not eaten for 40 days. He felt those sufferings when he was at the cross. Before he went to, when he was in Gethsemane, he suffered as drops of blood when he knew that he was getting ready to die. He suffered that, and he suffered the same things as we did. Look at uh, Hebrews, the next chapter, chapter, chapter four, and verse fifteen. You can sympathize. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our weaknesses, infirmities, but was in how many? All points. Tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Was he tempted just like us? In all points? Just like us? Brother Skip just to tell. You turn around and look at me. Brother Ed, he says you got to be as perfect as your heavenly mm -hmm. father. How perfect oh, is that? that? Oh, yeah, pretty perfect, huh? <laughs> That's yeah. pretty perfect. Yeah, brother, well, hey, what you think about that, brother? Totally <laughs> That's right. The, the difference is, Tookie, is here's the difference. The scripture doesn't indicate that we are, we are or will be perfect in all knowledge and understanding. He said, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a growth there. But the scripture tells us that there are sins that we talked about the other week that are unto death and sins that are not unto death. The sins that we talked about were unto death. For instance, if Tookie came to you and he raised his voice a little bit at you and he didn't even realize it was a sin. And But then the Lord spoke to him later and says, Tookie, don't raise your voice like that at your wife again. And Tookie says, yes, Lord. And he answers that. He says, honey, I'm sorry, I raised my voice. It wasn't a sin unto death. See, that was presumptuous sin. He didn't know. And the Lord shows us that. But sins unto death are those that are listed like fornication, adultery, porn, looking at pornography, all the scriptures that he talks about throughout the scriptures. So what has happened is to a lot of people is they think, well, you know, I'll uh, never be able to live without sin because... Um, Later on, sometimes I'll find out I, I did something that uh, I, I, I should, maybe something that you don't even know, and you think, well, see, I did that, so I, I guess I wasn't saved. Call it hidden sin. Yeah, or, or, or presumptuous sin, yeah. something that, like David said in Psalms 18. That freaked me up a lot, too, because it, it, it showed me that those things that he lists in those things, in those scriptures, and like in 1 Corinthians 6 and Ephesians 5, you know, throughout, we could go through those if you don't know them, but he always makes these references to those sins that he says, if you do these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Those are considered sins of death. Why are they considered sins of death? Because it says that the wages of those sins is death, eternal damnation, like it says in, in Revelation 21. Let's go back to Second Thessalonians chapter 2 now. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says that, first of all, there's a great falling away. Okay? And then it says, and then the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. We're waiting on that to see if, when that happens, because we know when that happens, we're really, really, really close. Um, but I want to skip on down to verse 8, verse 7, excuse me. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. 
that scripture there, I've heard a lot of different things said. I studied it and studied it, and I've never really completely understood what that mystery of iniquity was that had to be taken out of the way. And the other day I was praying and I asked the Lord what it meant. He said, okay, mystery means a secret. It's like the, and the, when you look at the Greek on it, it actually says a secret of the devil. <laughs> He's got it hidden. Let me tell you something. And, and when I was looking at that, the Lord said, first of all, I want you to go back to the beginning. What's the great? And he showed me there's a great falling away. What caused the great falling away? The great falling away that was caused that was when people were taught that you could that that, that if you that you were going to sin no matter what, and that you could sin and still go to heaven. So as long as you believe that you will sin, then you will. You will. That's the mystery of iniquity. But when the mystery of iniquity is taken out of the way, it was taken out of the way for me and, and for, from you. But there's a lot of people that still believe. Most of the what's called the church today <laughs> believe that they're going to sin till the day they die. They believe that. That's the mystery of iniquity because what happens is unless that's taken out of the way, they're doomed because they can't go to heaven because there's sin in their life. And sin can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Listen, if you got sin in your in your life, God doesn't even hear your prayer. That's right. Did, did we go over that last time? Did we talk about that? Yeah, we threw it in. Yeah, and in, in Hebrew, in Isaiah chapter um, um, chapter fifty, what is it? Psalm fifty nine. Uh, Isaiah fifty nine. Isaiah fifty nine. Yeah, Isaiah fifty nine. Yeah, Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. He said, the Lord's hand is not short that it cannot save. Ne neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But he says, but your sins have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. So if I got sin in my life and I'm praying... The Lord doesn't even hear me unless I repent. That's the word, prayer he wants to hear. It's the prayer of repentance because the Lord doesn't hear me. In Psalm 66, 18, it says, If I regard iniquity, sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He doesn't hear me. So sin separates you from God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, it says repentance yeah. is not to be repented of. Yeah. Amen. Uh, look at Isaiah while we're there. Isaiah chapter 1. <clears throat> chapter what? 1. Oh. I want to go to 58 after you finish with that. Okay. Isaiah chapter 1. I knew that you couldn't eat Paris. Kingdom of Heaven with sin in your life. But when, when, when you said last time you were talking about the, us not being born with a sin nature, I did not know that. I didn't I either. thought I was born with the sin nature. Yeah. Even till two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, we were all Catholic. I think most of us in this room were raised that. And we were raised that you were born with original sin. And that's why we took the babies to, so. to, to the... Um, yeah. To get christened when they were eight days old or whatever right away yeah. 
and that part of it because the Catholicism believed that if that child died, and that would be true, if you had a sin nature, and that child was born and died before you before it could repent, the child would go to hell. That's a stupid yes. doctrine. Yeah. But that's what they believe. That's that's ridiculous. And we talk how about that. How, 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 how can an infant? Huh? That's why they baptize. Uh, that's right. Transgress exactly. a law Man. that they do not have. That's what they're right. thinking. You know, the they Bible says, "Have no knowledge." You believe law. and you understand. Well, you know, I didn't, you, I didn't, then you get baptized. Right. I don't even See, remember like, learning like that anymore. First John says, "First John three says, transgression of the law." But where there's no law, there's no transgression. So a child doesn't know good or evil. So he can't be sinned. But he doesn't inherit it because we talked about Ezekiel eighteen twenty that tells you that. You can't, can't find it. You don't. Right. Uh, you know. You don't take notice of your father. We talked about that mm-hmm. for a few days. Took it out. Isaiah chapter two, uh, beginning at verse two. Where is Isaiah one? <coughs> Isaiah one. Chapter two. Are you going to two? I'm at one. Huh? I know you. Uh, okay. Well, I thought we were we done with. Okay, but no, we hadn't gone to Isaiah one. We just doing okay. and okay. ready. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought you ready to preach, Chucky. Okay, here's a group of people, the Israelites, and he's, he's talking about them in their sin. So you're observing all these different things here. And, um, and when he goes to verse 15, he says, And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood and sin. Wash you, make clean, and put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to quit sinning. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Um, relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now. Everybody knows that we can sing that song too. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be, listen to what it says. If ye be willing and obedient... You shall eat the good of the land, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. So two things are necessary there. One is willingness, and the other one is obedience. And he tells them to be obedient. Just like John the Baptist, when he was preaching, he came forth preaching, and what was he preaching? Repentance, right? He says, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And then all of a sudden, some scribes and Pharisees, some religious leaders came. And what did he tell them? He said, you generation of vipers. He says, go and bring forth fruits of repentance to show me that you truly repented. Some works of repentance, and then I'll baptize you. Yeah, that may be why he says, I never knew you to the religious people that never broke away from their iniquity. Right. They never repented from their iniquity. And he says he never there, knew them. There's your answer, baby. I never knew you. But there's they were doing answer. all these signs. You, said you were, you were going to ask him, who were those people? Who? They were religious people. That were gonna, that he was going to say, depart from me. I know who them people are. Yeah, boys. You said something about that this afternoon. Or yeah, I, I, I quoted that scripture because people say, because they go to communion, they're in church every Sunday, and, and, and they do everything that the religion says. They, th- they think by their doing that, it's going to bring them to salvation. And 
If Jesus is going to say, many are going to call me Lord, Lord, and maybe I'm going to turn around and say, I don't know, even know you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. They're going to be surprised to hear they're, 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 they're very disappointed. Uh, yeah, with surprise. Yeah. Well, well listen, this is the problem. This is the whole problem. Is is people... Daddy's got to go find... What you need? Toothache medicine. You got a toothache? You what? He's got a toothache. Oh, you, you want to toothache medicine? Can I pray for you? Yeah, yeah. You want to pray for you? Here you go, brother. There was a woman that came to the fellowship just the other night, and she had a severe backache. And she asked for prayer, and we prayed for her. And the backache went away immediately. It never has come back yet. Uh, she yeah. suffered for She gave her testimony. I heard it. Yeah. Yeah, you probably heard it. Yeah, I heard it. All. Where's that tooth again? said we lay hands on the sick and they would recover. Right now, God, I ask you, touch that toothache, Lord, and let it be gone in Jesus' name. Let your flow go through his body, Father. In Jesus Christ's name. Thank you, Father. Loose your hands, Satan, in Jesus' name. You'll not have any part. Power and authority of the Lord bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Healing, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Healing, Father, in Jesus Christ's name, I ask God. Thank you, Father. Bless my brother. So um, this is the problem that we have, and I need y'all to help. Yeah, we all had that problem. We got uh, we got a whole religious system that is very messed up. Absolutely, it grieves my heart every day, it breaks my heart because they've been taught that they can enter into salvation without a full repentance. Mm -hmm. So they have, a lot of them have, and I did too, I was there too. I was in that same place where I had a partial repentance, mm -hmm. but not a full repentance. Whereas maybe, some people maybe quit doing drugs, but they still have a problem lusting on women. You know, they do one thing, but they still have this other problem. You cannot obtain salvation without a full without a full repentance. In the blanket. Oh, wow. I'll call him back later. 
You say, well, what do, what do you mean? Well, in, in Second Corinthians, let him hit a word, brother. <laughs> in, in Second Corinthians chapter six, it says that godly sorrow yeah. leads to repentance. Thank you, Lord. And then repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. Well, so first of all, there, there has to be a brokenness, an understanding of that you missed the mark, that you sinned against God. And if we're still having evil thoughts of lusting on women or looking at pornography or any of those things, then we have to admit we're not there. You haven't retained salvation yet. This should scare the living daylights out of people, but it doesn't because they're even taught that you don't need to fear God. You shouldn't fear God. And really you should just reverence God. And the blood of Christ covers all that. Oh Yeah, exactly. Well, Proverbs 16, 6 says, By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Without the fear of the Lord, men never, a lot of men never come to the Lord. But he said, Not to fear him who's able to kill the body, but fear him after he has killed the body, has power to cast you into hell. Mm -hmm. uh, David said, I tremble at the word of God when I read the word, because I tremble at, at that. So we're having people that are being taught that they, they're okay, and they said, I just got a thing this morning from on YouTube. This guy says, Listen, he says, uh, I'm righteous, but it does not right, I'm not righteous because of what I've done. I'm righteous because of what Christ has done. Oh, I hear that one a lot. Yeah. So I wrote back and I says, listen, you can say you're righteous any kind of way, but 1 John chapter 3, verse 7 says, Be not deceived. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. It's the doing of righteousness. We're not doing righteousness. You can say, I'll, I'll let some of these people go all the time and say, well, I got the gift of righteousness. Well, say, if you got the gift of righteousness, then you're going to be doing righteousness. <laughs> go ahead and say whatever you want to say. What about in John, uh, whenever they said, um, when Jesus was talking to the people, and he said, you are the devil. He said, your father is the devil. He said, well, our father is Abraham. He said, well, if you, you, if you were the father of Abraham, Abraham, you would do the works of Abraham. The works of Abraham. Yeah, you're familiar with it. But it's for me, I think with John chapter 8 that he's talking oh, yeah. about, you know, when, when the son says free, he's free indeed. So yeah, if you're gonna if you were father of Abraham, you'd be doing the works of Abraham. So if you're a son of Jesus, you'd be doing the works of Jesus. Yeah, right. But the main but the main course was is these people that are thinking that they're righteous because God doesn't see them. Even even Billy Graham preached he, he would say, he would say this, and I got quotes from him. So I can play this and, and you can hear it. But he would say that with, with sin, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. He was real clear and understood it thoroughly that sin could not make it in heaven. Now you got preachers that say you can get to heaven and sin. So I tell them, I say like, okay, I'm going to be in heaven with wicked people. Because this person I was with, he even said that the fellow in First, in first uh, Corinthians chapter 5, the fornicator was fornicating with his mother. That that fellow, yeah. God would take him out and kill him and take him to heaven. And the Bible says in the last verse of chapter of First Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty, he says, Paul says, Expel from yourselves that wicked person. So here's a wicked man going to heaven. So when I go to hell, I'm gonna be with wicked people. Does that make any sense? I just did a video on the Bible saying that the Bible commands us not to fellowship and not to socialize with people that are fornicators, adults. That's first Corinthians chapter five. It says, Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship hath light with darkness or a believer with an unbeliever, right? Okay, so he's telling you on earth, don't fellowship with him. But when you get to heaven, you're going to be fellowshipping with him. Mm -hmm. Would that make sense? No. Don't fellowship with him on, on earth. 
You know, don't hang out with them. Don't socialize with them. But if they die, they're going to heaven. So you're going to be up there fellowshipping with them in heaven. How much sense does that make, Don? None, none, none. Doesn't Romans make any sense. Romans 2.12 says, All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law awesome. who will be declared righteous. Amen, Don. Amen. So, so you've got... Where is that? Romans 2. Romans 2. Romans 2. 12, 13, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so, so you, you got this thing all mixed up where people, and I want to, I want to share this with you because I was thinking about this this morning. Peter wrote in the book of 1 Peter, and I'll get to yours in just a second too. I know you have some things. I figured I'd get to it because I'm going to go to every Bible, but every book in the Bible, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, actually, I think it's in James. Uh, thank you, bro. Second Peter. Oh, first Peter. Let's see where it is. Yeah, I think it's Peter. I'm talking about where they wrestle with the scriptures. Second Peter. Yeah, Second Peter, chapter four, chapter three. Uh, Peter's writing there, and he's. Um, talking about, you know, the time of the end coming and what man a person you ought to be and how you should be living holy and blameless, looking for this and be found, verse 14 says, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for these such things, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace without spot, blameless. Mm-hmm. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation as, his beloved, as our beloved uh, brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, has written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking them of these things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable wrestle, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Okay, so they take and they, they take certain cherry-picked scriptures and try to build their doctrine from that and eliminate all the scriptures that Jesus said. They want to say you're not under the law. And that you don't need to keep the law. And if you're trying to keep the law, then you're doing wrong. And, and, and let me ask you this, because I, I want to get this. You need to really have this clarified. When the Bible says you're not under the law, what law is he talking about? Levitical law. Come on, Tookie. Exactly. What is the Levitical law? It's those things that are washing the pots, special holy days, circumcision, all those things, right? All those things. So you're still under the law of Christ. You still under the law, like you, you can't say, well, okay, the law says you shouldn't murder, so I'm not under the law, so I can murder. That'd be that'd be stupid. Right. But that's what a lot of people say. They're not under the law. I don't tell me, don't tell me about I can, you know, I, about not sinning because I'm not under the law. Yeah, you are. You're under the moral law of God. You are to keep the commandments of God. It says that all over the scriptures. But what they'll do is they'll take some, they'll take like some things that maybe. Uh, out of context, and you know, just like for my grace you say through faith that not of yourselves, if you give to God, let's in and both. So they stop right there. They don't go for we are his workmanship in Christ Jesus unto good works. So it's to bring forth good works. They don't go before it where it says that you redeemed from these things that you once walked in, in the lust of the flesh and you were disobedient and, you, and all these things. They, they just cherry pick the scripture out of here and then they'll go to Romans and they'll say, Oh, I'm imputed righteousness. So that means that. I've got righteousness now, and that's all the Lord sees. Imputed righteousness simply believes 
that Christ has for when you come to Christ and you repent of your sins and you turn from your sin, that all those past sins are washed away and he imputes righteousness. All he sees at that point is a, he doesn't see your old sin because they've forgiven and washed away and it's as though you had never sinned before because he, 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 he put righteousness, he gave you righteousness. He cleansed you, he freed you from that, from that sin and then you have a clean slate and you're walking before the Lord. He doesn't count anything then. Second Peter chapter, chapter 1 verse 4 mm -hmm. as we've been given a great and exceeding great and precious promises that through these we may be partakers of a divine nature. Yep. What's a divine nature? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's right. Amen. Keep going. Keep going. But also for this reason giving all diligence and adding to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control self-control perseverance perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness to brotherly kindness love for these things are yours and abound you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ keep going for he who lacks these things come on is short-sighted that's right Mm -hmm. Even to blindness. That's right. And has forgotten that which he was cleansed from from his old sins. Okay, keep going. Therefore, therefore, brother, be even more diligent to make yourself Call your collection <coughs> sure. For if you are if you do these things, you will never stumble. I never. love that scripture. Yeah. Now, two but things. Skip giving this one. Two Amen. things here. First of all, if you lack any of those things you listed, faith patience, uh, brotherly kindness, temperance, all these things. People like to say, well, I'm going to get those things. If you lack them, you're still lost. That's, right. That's what he's saying. That's so if right. you lack these things, you're still blind, right? That's what you read. That's I didn't read it. You read it. Right. I can blame it on you. Uh, hallelujah. But he said, if you have these things, you'll, ne you'll never fall. You'll never stumble. Look at that. That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful verses there. If, but a man has to receive it. Somebody says, well, I just don't have any patience. Then you're not there yet. That's right. You hadn't come to that full repentance yet. Because when you come to full repentance, God, God gives you that. Now, patience, first of all, let me explain this to you. Patience isn't your car, your wife waiting out in the car, your husband waiting out in the car blowing the horn because you take it longer to get ready. And he don't have any patience because he's blowing the horn. That's not what it's talking about. Patience is endurance of that you're continuing in the Lord no matter what. Amen. That's what patience really is. Amen. It's that you don't back up and you walk with the Lord. Amen. That's patience. It's not, a lot of people like to try to make things more than what they are, but Sometimes really that's what you're talking about. Sometimes you make your tongue bleed. It might sound so hard. <laughs> 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 Amen. Uh, he can tell you about me biting my tongue. Yeah, maybe that yeah, works. Yeah. I don't know how he's got a tongue left. What that was that? Huh? Second Peter 1. Second Peter yeah. Okay, so, it's, it's, so we read here that that people wrestle with these scriptures to their own destruction. So they, they say, well, I've got the imputed righteousness of Christ. Well, uh, God's not looking at me. All he sees is, and, and Billy Graham said that. He says, I know that you can't get to heaven with sin. But, and I'm just a poor, worthless old sinner, is what he would say about himself. But God is not looking at me. He's only looking at the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And therefore I am righteous because what Jesus did, because he took my sin for me and became sin on the cross, took old Billy Graham and put him on that cross, and he only sees Jesus' sin. Jesus well, is righteousness. He takes the most amazing thing to me. So but, but God's not blind. The Bible says all things no are sin. naked and, and open in the sight of God. Yeah. So we could have a way back to the Father. Let me tell you something. The doctrine of the devil from the very beginning is that you can eat, that you can sin, and you won't die. The devil told Eve, he That's said, right. you can eat the fruit of that surely you will not, 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 surely not, not, not die. Not surely not. Not surely not. <laughs> I got to correct you. <laughs> so, so here you go. One day, so God, so God sent his son to earth to make Satan's lie Amen. the truth. That's right. That's what they're saying. Because the devil was, was the one saying, you can... You can sin, and you won't die. Surely you won't. You won't. You won't die. He, he said that you could. You could do that. And what happens? You die, right? I mean, it happened to her. But he was lying. So what is people doing? They're saying the same thing the devil was telling Eve back then. So like, really, Christ? You decided to make Satan's lie the truth? So that's that's pretty. I heavy went deep. to this women's conference right about in May, in June, and it was done. good. The whole. It was a that Saturday and the Sunday. It was really good. I can hear your big voice singing that. And then they started a women's Bible study at the church in Fairport. And the first on Monday nights, the first night on which you can ask him, almost the first thing that came out of her mouth was, "We're always going to sin, but we have an advocate with the Father." Remember that? I told you I saw I can't I can't go. <laughs> Word doesn't say when you sin you have an advocate with the Father. It says if. if. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna make me go to first John. To I knew you were gonna yeah. do it. Took me to first John. <laughs> go to first John, will you? That's my favorite book. Okay, Paul, John said he wrote these things so that you may so you may know that you have eternal life. He starts off the chapter and he talks about how he's handled the Lord, how he's seen the Lord, how they tasted of the Lord how they was with the Lord in verse 1. And then he says that the life was manifested to them and and, uh, and and he says now I want to manifest it to you. And he goes on and he says verse 3, that which we have seen and heard and declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and the Son Jesus Christ. He's trying to tell him, I want y'all to have fellowship with me. And my fellowship is with the Father and the Son Jesus Christ. And these things were, we, we write unto you that your joy may be full. So obviously they didn't have joy full yet. So they weren't really where they wanted to be, needed to be. And so he goes on and he says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And then he says, verse 9, verse 6 of I mean, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Let's just stop right there a minute and park. So if I say that I'm fellowshipping with the Lord, but yet I'm walking in darkness. Now, what is darkness? Sin. Sin, right? Light is righteousness. Sin is right. darkness, right? But if I say, listen, I'm, I love the Lord, man, but, I, but I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Am I lying? I'm lying. Yes. Because I'm telling you I'm walking in the light, but I'm, I got darkness. The Bible, the scripture tells me here, I'm, I'm a liar and the truth's not in me. Let's go down. But if we walk in the light, now I'm walking in Christ, I'm walking in righteousness, as he is in the light, just like Jesus, 
doing, be a doer of the word, just like the Lord, you know, he does righteousness, even as he is righteous, then we have fellowship one with another. I can fellowship with that kind of fellow. Light fellowships with light. Like he said in 2 Corinthians 6, light and darkness can't fellowship. And the blood of, his, of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses me from all unrighteousness, from all sin. Remind me of something. It happened to me last week. I was sitting on the porch there. I got a Baptist preacher that's riding a bicycle. He stopped in here and said, how you doing, bud? Said, good. And I started chatting with him, and he, he, he started chatting with me first. He said, yeah, brother, you know, we all sinners saved by grace, just what you just said. I said, well, brother, uh, I don't believe that like that. You see that? You I was right here listening to all he that. Said, what you mean, brother? He said, he gets startled. It doesn't say in the Greek that if we say we have no sin, mm -hmm. the truth's not in us. But remember that. That's just something that they put in, the, oh, yeah. the, the translators put in. But it actually it. says not, that we have not sin. I never say that I had no I never had no sin. I had sin. Right, you, you said that in the past. Other than putting in it. Yeah, but, but what they try to say this is saying is that if you say that you don't have any sin right now, you are lying, the truth's not in you. Yeah. But that's not what the scripture says. Now keep in mind, there were a group of, during Paul, during John's time, there were a group of people called the Gnostics. Have you ever heard of the Gnostics? No, I haven't. Okay. The Gnostics believed, uh, which they received theirs from a fellow by the name of Manny, Manny which was Manichaeism. They believed that um, when you sinned, it was only the flesh sinning. <laughs> That the, your spirit was really not sinning. That you could fornicate, and that was your body, your flesh sinning, but your spirit was, was would not sin. And therefore, they believed that Jesus could not have been the Christ, come in the flesh, because they believed that the flesh would sin. And that Jesus was saying he didn't have any sin. These people were saying they didn't have any sin because the spirit was in. That's why John writes, you read in, his, in the writings in 1 John 4, he said, and he that, he, that, he that denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, mm -hmm. he is an antichrist. You remember reading that? Because they denied that Jesus would come in the flesh because they would, it felt like he would sin. So they, John was disputing with that group of people when he was writing this also because they wouldn't admit that they had sin to be able to confess it. But I think the strongest point is, Don, did you look it up? Um. Okay, I didn't you want to into a lexicon? No, no, just look it up in your in your in your Strong's. You got a Strong's? Yes. Just look it up in the Strong's. Look at the Greek word. It's the exact same word. Or not. Not and no. It's the same word. So so don't don't let people deceive you into thinking well, it's saying that. Now let now let's look at the next verse, verse nine. I'm gonna prove it to you that that scripture is not what they say it is, or the way that it's sometimes read in our in our Bibles. Listen, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, brother, right now, I'm not picking me, I just want to use you as an example, if that's okay. Sure. Okay, so right now, say you were, say you had sinned in the past and I came to you and you, and you decided, okay, I'm going to confess all my sin. So you confess your, all your sin and your knowledge to the Lord and you ask him to forgive you and to cleanse you. And you walk away and you... you You've asked God to forgive you for everything you've ever done. And, he's, and you made, he has promised here, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Then I come right up to you and I ask you, hey, brother, do you have any sin in your life? What would you tell me? 
tell you fucking no. Absolutely not, because you believed what the right. scripture said, right? right? If you believe what the scripture says, then you're not going to have any sin. Mm -hmm. Where you just would have made, if they said verse seven was what they say it is, that you say you have no sin, Remember you would have you would have messed Skip. them all up. That okay. reminded Brother Skip when I when he read this scripture to me, he looked at me, leaned over like this. You know how he he do. He said, "Now, Brother Ed, if he clean you of all unrighteousness, how much unrighteousness you got left?" That's right. Right. If he does all of it, he they cleanse it all. How much you have left? That's perfect. That's perfect. Right That's, right. That's correct. Blameless. Nobody can blame something. Yeah. Now I want to show you one other thing. There's no chapters in Greek. You understand that? So when we read chapter one, chapter one goes right through with chapter two. Don't mm -hmm. stop it there. Right. So as you're reading, it says, "If we have not sinned, we make him a liar." And his words not in his my little children, these things write out unto you that you sin not. not. The reason I'm writing these things to you, so that you quit sinning. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous one, and he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The word if should be a talisman. If is exactly is a, is a point. And also this is talking about during repentance, during that time of repentance. Some people, it may take some people as much as a month, a year, to, to really understand and come to full repentance in their life. Um, some people, it may take a day. But you have to come to that place where sin ceases in your life. For instance, go with me to, you know the scripture, I don't have to go there. First Peter chapter 4, one of your favorite scriptures, verse 1 and 2. Yeah. It says, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So there was a suffering there for a while. It was a time of repentance and suffering. But then he came to the place where he ceased, he stopped sinning, and he lived the rest of his life to the will of God. That's right. So that's, that's what he's talking about. But what they'll do is they'll stop it in chapter 1 and go directly to chapter 2 and say, see, every time I sin, I can just, uh, i got to advocate with the Father, the righteous one, and he's going to just forgive me, and I can ask God to forgive me, and I can keep going back. That is the problem. The problem is, is they... They tell people you can come in your sin and get saved. You can't get saved in your sin. You can't. You get saved from your sin, not in your sin. Repentance means a change of mind, where and your mind is you, where I'm no longer going to do those things. So repentance is the same thing as Second Corinthians five seventeen that says, "If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature." Old things are passed away, and all things become new. Not some of them. All of them become new. To where he is a new creation, that's the same thing as what true being born again is, where you become a new creature. Same thing as what it means when it says you it can't put new wine into old wineskins. It has to be new. It's not part. It's not that, I, hey, I repented of my drug addiction. I repented of my adultery. I repented of this or that. You know, you you've got to leave all sin. It's kind of like it's kind of like we talked about last week. You know, of a person that's saying, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I quit doing drugs, but I still like to look at pornography." And 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 so you're committing adultery on the Lord. None of us would put up with somebody if we were married to them and they kept looking, they kept committing adultery on you. So the lady, you finally say, "Well, that's enough. I'm not going to be married to somebody like this." And that's, and that's the same thing that people do to the Lord and that we don't do anymore. Thank God he gave us enough grace to turn from that and have a full repentance. You were saying something? Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize 
this thing became true in my life until the scriptures that really did to me what, it, what to my heart that I needed was the one that says that Christ oh, what I'm thinking about here that Christ says this, this thought this, the pastor over here would ask me you don't have no, no, no lustful thoughts or anything that comes to your mind I say if they do I cast them down right. I say that if they don't exalt if they exalt itself against God and who he is and his word to cast it away because it's not him that's right so I say, yes, it's capable. Satan never leaves you alone. Right. Not me, for sure. He's always around, and I recognize him now. Sure. I didn't used to recognize him, but I recognize him now. But that's what I, when I got to that scripture, and I realized there's a way of escape because God has made a way for me to that's escape right. sin. That's right. Man, that's wonderful news to me. That was a big light that came on it. Look at, I'm going to come back to First John, but I, I want to look at the same writer. I want you to look at John chapter 10. You would. Chapter what? 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Oh, the book John, yeah. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you, John. Important scripture here. It talks about sheep, goats, and who are a sheep. And how do we know that we are sheep? I want to share with you how you know you're a sheep of God. He says, Verily, verily, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. We know that the door, he goes later in the chapter and says that I am the door. Mm -hmm. If anybody comes in any other way but Jesus, he's a thief and a robber. Without the blood of Jesus, you can't have salvation. No other, no way to, why? Because you need, you got to have your sins washed away from the past. The blood of bulls and he goats in the Old Testament could never take sin away. And the consciousness of them year by year, but Jesus' blood takes away our sins of the past forever. You know, unless we go back to sin. It says, But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth by his sheep by name and leadeth them out. So what do you say? My sheep hear my voice. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. If you are a sheep of God, like you're talking about, you can hear his voice. My sheep hear my voice. Now this is the important thing as we're getting to. Verse 5. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the stranger. Who's the stranger? It's the devil that comes to you and tries to whisper in your mind to tempt you to think about the wrong thing. I get, you know, we all get these things. I just tell them, I say, so I say, Lord, do you know I don't want to think that thought? I cast that out. That, that's not me. I don't want that thought in my mind to come right. in my mind. It's like you do. You cast down imagination and bring into captivity every thought and bring in the obedience of Jesus Christ. But he says this. He says, my sheep hear my voice. That's right. If you're, you're listening to a stranger's voice, you're not a sheep. If you're sinning, that means you're listening to a stranger's voice, right? Because the only way you're going to sin is if you're listening to something in your head and you accept it and you begin to do it. I learned a long time ago how the enemy works in, in a person's head. I was living in California and I was walking down the road. I just finished run, running. I tell this story a lot. And I look up front and there's this guy crossing the road, Kevin. 
And all of a sudden it came to me, man, I just want to knock that guy's head off. And boy, I felt the emotion of it and everything. Just want to knock his head off. I didn't know the guy. I've never seen him a day in my life. Know nothing about him. I said, Lord, what is that? He said, that's how the enemy works. He comes like he's you. He makes you feel like he's you and tells you something that he wants you to accept in your heart. Recognize the enemy. Recognize the stranger's voice because that's how he comes. He don't come like suggesting to you to do something. He comes in the first person in the present tense. They're like, he's you saying. He don't say you do it. He says, I want that. And he even gives you the emotion of the feeling of wanting that. But you have to recognize it as a sheep and say, whoa, that's not what I want. You see? But a lot of people just want to use the scripture to go and check That's not sound like my shepherd. That's a good example, though. That's a good example. He goes on and he says here, and he talks about hirelings, but then he goes on in the, the latter part of the scripture. He says in verse 27 of chapter 10, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They're walking with me. You can't say you're a sheep if you're not following the Lord. You can't say you're a sheep if you're following a stranger's voice. Man, that could, that's just so simple and so clear. Mm-hmm. These people thinking, I'm a Christian, but I got sin. No, you're listening to a stranger's voice. You can't be a sheep. Right. You're lying to yourself. You're deceiving yourself. <laughs> and all these people use the scripture. Once they know it, said they'll use the scripture. And he says, I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. You know what is right? If you're following him. But they say, well, I'm a sheep. Are you following him? Are you listening to stranger's voice? <laughs> you ain't, you're not even in there. You don't, you don't even need to think about falling away because you never got there in the first place. Because you're not a sheep. You're not listening to his voice. You're listening to a stranger's voice. The whole world's lying deception, Linda. We got all these people out there that think they're, they're ready and they're not ready. It's like the, the ten versions in, in, in Matthew 25, where five of them don't have the oil in the lamps. They're empty. Yeah, they're not following. More than that. Yeah, more than yeah few. Few. Narrow the way. Yeah. Why? Few the nail is We got just a mystery of iniquity working all around us, that people are thinking they're okay and they're, they're living in a secret of the devil. You can sin and you won't die. You can listen to the stranger's voice and still be a sheep. A bunch of lies from the enemy. A bunch of lies. My sheep hear my voice. Whose voice are you listening to? Huh? There you go. You know that's true about sheep? That I took care of a man's sheep? before and I could mimic his voice perfectly and they wouldn't listen to me. But when he make his little noise, they all perked up like that. And I could sound just like Mr. Roy and they wouldn't pay no attention to me. They truly wouldn't listen to the sound of a stranger, the voice of a stranger. Nothing, no thing. I just want to see you folks. We can go on and on and on all night. (laughs) But anybody have anything on the heart? Any questions about anything I've said or anything I've been saying? It's pretty clear, isn't it? Yeah, it's clear. Pretty clear. Uh, 
simple. It's real simple. You know, I mean, when you look at even John 10, what we just looked at, I mean, how much simple can you make it? Yeah. But yet people still don't get it, Kevin. My sheep hear my voice. Simple. You don't hear his voice, you listen to the voice of the stranger, you're not a sheep. What's the voice of the stranger? The one telling you to go do something that the voice of the sheep, the voice of the, the, the Lord tell you not to. Describe the works of the devil with him. Kill, steal, and destroy. Those three things. That's what he comes for. Yeah. He's going to try to kill you, steal from you, or, or destroy you. Your wife's calling you. We're calling her. It's, it's amazing that people's eyes are blinded but it's wonderful good news but it's wonderful good news to oh us oh my god I mean it's so clear the only truth the, the whole word and that's why Tuki he said this why do you call me Lord Lord and do not the things I tell you cheap hear his voice yeah you got a lot of people calling him Lord Lord oh yeah since you that last day you'll call say to me Lord Lord have we not cast that devil oh, no, you have we not prophesied yeah. have we not done all these miracles yeah. in your name in your name depart from me you <laughs> workers of sin what are you gonna say leave me they, they are shocked out of their minds we're doing all this stuff we dance with you in the streets we listen to you we heard you we went to church we gave our time we did all this man I don't know you serving unrighteousness I don't know you that's why he don't know there was no righteousness they never departed from sin Second Timothy chapter two verse nineteen. Spirit of iniquity. Spirit of iniquity. Second. That'd be done away with. Second Timothy chapter two verse nineteen says, "Let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Depart from sin. Quit sinning. The mystery. Call yourself a Christian. Quit sinning because you're not a Christian unless you quit. Everybody's a Christian. Oh, yeah, they all profess to be Christian. Right. But profess to be, be a Christian don't make you a Christian. Colossians 2 8 says, uh, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy or vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's what you got. That's it's so easy. And you know, we were all Catholics, and we trusted the priest and the Pope, and we never opened the Bible. We had that Bible to sit on the end table, but we never looked at it because we trusted that man. And it was really a shame when we began to find out somewhat of truth. We went to another man in the Protestant church, and we trusted that man. And he, just like we did what the first one. my mom told me when I started reading the Bible. She said, what you reading that for? I said, to understand what God wants me to do with my life. <laughs> yeah. He said, go to church and listen to the priest over there. He's going to tell you what you got to do with your life. Put your life in another man's hands. From my mama's yeah. mama. mm -hmm. But that's the truth. That's, that's the way most you. people are. That's the way we were. That's right. We all started out that way. Now, after that, I was shocked, but now I understand why yeah. she told me that. That's what, with all her heart, she believed that. And, and, and Tookie, we went there and we said, Mom, you, you're wrong. You know, you got to listen. You can't listen to that. But then we went and listened to the Protestant preacher. Mm -hmm. And we listened to him and believed what Same he said. Message. Same thing. Yeah. One time I was in uh, Brazil, I went to Manaus, to the Amazon, by myself. And I thought I was gonna go out there and really minister, and I could, God there, I couldn't speak Portuguese very well. I couldn't speak <laughs> at all. But God knew. And I was out there, and I called called to leave, to come home, because I figured, well, ain't nothing happening here, I'm gonna go home. They said it'd be three weeks before you could even have a flight out of there. <laughs> I'm stuck. I called home to talk to everybody, I called home in two minutes, cost me $40. 
so I can't call nobody. I can't go nowhere. I'm stuck. 